0: Hello and welcome back to the Anxiety Slayer podcast. I'm Shan VanderLeek and today I'll be speaking with Scout Sobel about her mental health journey. Scout is the founder of Scout's agency and the co-host of OKCIS podcast. Scout suffers from a severe case of bipolar type 2 disorder and general anxiety disorder. Her symptoms include depression, hypomania, anxiety, psychosis, suicidal ideation. Scout has been hospitalized been through outpatient twice, dropped out of college, quit internships and jobs, and was deemed unfunctionable. Her friends and family didn't know if she'd be able to ever hold a job or make something of herself. And guess what? She did. She has. And she's doing great. Today, Scout runs a successful PR agency that focuses on podcasts and women's voices. She hit over 100000 in revenue in her first year. And most important, She has a handle on her mental health, and she's living her best life right now. Hi, Scout. Welcome to Anxiety Slayer.
1: Hi. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. I'm just really grateful that you reached out because it's not often that we get to share a journey like yours, a healing journey like yours, and that's where I'd like to begin. Let's talk about your healing journey and how we can do a better job destigmatizing mental health and inspiring Others to take control of their lives and dreams, regardless of their mental health state. That's really where I would like to begin.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, I have been, you know, struggling with my mental health since I was 14 years old. I am um, about to turn 29. And so, you know, it's been, what is that, 14, 15 years? And I've been through a lot of iterations of healing and at different points in my life, different healing modalities. Helped me more than others it really you know I was put in therapy at the age of fourteen, and while that I think opened the door to me analyzing and assessing and, and understanding how to communicate my emotions, it wasn't the end all be all for my healing, and I needed to definitely go a step further so after as you had said in the intro, being kind of deemed unfunctionable, which i don't even know is a real world word I think I made it up i had dropped out of college. I had dropped out of jobs, quit internships, all these things. And I had met and was dating my boyfriend, now husband, who comes from the recovery world. He's nine years sober. And he looked at me and he said, he said you know, I don't care if you're depressed. If you're depressed and hopeful, I can help you. If you're depressed and hopeless, this isn't going to work. Right. And it was this profound moment for me. One, I had lost enough that I really didn't want to lose him because he was looking at me and saying, I see a future with you. Um, And two, I thought, well, what if I just woke up the next day and had a little bit of hope? What would that look like?
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: it started painting um, a different picture for me. I still lived with the depression and anxiety, but it It added a little motivation, a little spark really deep within, and that kind of turned into me going into support groups and actually working the 12-step program that people in Alcoholics Anonymous work, but for depression, which is where I developed started to develop a relationship with a higher power and really tap into the spirituality side of life but that was when I was 21 and that was really the opening of my my healing or I should say of me taking control over my healing journey not just passively going Into therapy appointments and passively taking medication and doing what the doctors told me But really taking a deep ownership in the fact that really at the end of the day I'm the only one that can learn to manage this because i'm the only one that is that are feeling these emotions So, you know, it took time took probably until last year until I got a very significant hold on it but there was this underlying motivation in me to even though when I felt depressed and anxious to continue moving on and to know that I I can continue on. And that, you know, my toolbox has looked so different over the years from prayer to my higher power, to cupping and acupuncture, to journaling, to meditation, to physical exercise, to manifestation, to positive affirmations, to reading the right books, to setting the right scene in my house, to feng shuiing my house. You know, it goes on and on. And that's a little bit about kind of the impetus for my healing journey as well as the different iterations and tools that I've been able able to garner up today to get to a point where I feel actually quite safe in my emotions. They don't they don't they don't tend to scare me too much anymore.
0: And what a gift that is.
1: It is the most amazing gift. I I actually hired a life coach a few months ago because I felt that I needed that next level of healing. Mm -hmm. And I uncovered my limiting beliefs and I uncovered how afraid and almost How I lived with the PTSD of my depression and anxiety because it had driven me to the hospital. It had robbed my dreams from me. It had, you know, made my dad not be able to sleep all night because he was worried that his daughter wasn't going to live the next day. And so I was able to release that PTSD and feel a really deep security in myself and know that the depression and anxiety are human emotions. And the spectrum of human emotions is quite a beautiful experience that we're so lucky to be able to have. And in viewing it that way, now when I feel anxiety, you know, I, I stop and I hold myself and I say, Okay, it's I'm not gonna make this wrong. I'm not going to go into chaos to get rid of it. I'm going to say hello and thank it for coming to visit me because I know that it has a greater purpose.
0: Right. What's problem. underneath it? What's the what's the story here? And yeah. And and yeah, that's wow, that's I just I love hearing you talk about the action that you've been taking over the years, because it's one of the things that Ananga and I continue to come back to over and over again is that please don't allow yourself to be in this victim mentality that you can take action. There are things that you can do. And even at the smallest, the smallest kindness to yourself, changing the the scenery, moving your butt, Figuring out if medicine is what you need or if you want to go in a more holistic journey, allowing yourself to, I, we, we always tease each other about being mad scientists, like what might work today? You know, This wonderful mm-hmm. herbal tea or this breathing exercise or, or what have you, and, and that it does so much. It allows you to feel a little bit more in control of what's going on. So I love that, how, how you take action. And I have a follow-up question to that is, mm-hmm. how, how are you holding yourself accountable to the things that you know you need in order to thrive and to, to live your life the way that you are today?
1: I got to a point, you can call it rock bottom, you can call it being tired of this, whatever you want to call it, where I came to the realization that no one else can hold me accountable. And I'm the only one that can do it. So do I want it or do I not want it? Being able to get to a point where I run my own business and I'm in a beautiful marriage and and I'm living my dream life, I just can't throw that away. It's just not an option for me. Every day I wake up and I look around and I say what I'm grateful for. And if I want to continue to have these blessings and miracles in my life, this is the work I have to do. And, And second guessing it or saying, it's not fair that I have to implement all of these routines and rituals into my daily life just to function in um, opposition to that. I say, wow, I get to tune in every single day and fill myself with alignment and find a deeper purpose in all of this and spend some time with myself, lighting a candle, doing my skincare routine, meditating and being able to know that I can walk through the fire. So it's really about cultivating an inherent self-confidence in yourself that you want to show up for you every day and that mm-hmm. you're not going to quit on yourself.
0: And that's so incredibly poignant. And when when I think about it, I also see the other side where Ananga and I are hearing from people all the time that are struggling, they're feeling so low and they're struggling with their self-esteem and and sometimes don't have that spark of hope, I'd love for you to share with with the, the listeners today who are feeling low, who are feeling like, yeah, this is a great story, but I don't see myself there or I don't have the confidence. How am I supposed to have the confidence when I'm feeling this way, when I'm feeling so depressed and so anxious?
1: Yeah, I want you to dream your biggest dream possible. I want you to imagine a life that is limitless, boundless, and abundant. And I don't want you for a second to say, yeah, but I can't get it. Just indulge me and just dream. Maybe it's being able to afford a house on the beach. Maybe it's being the VP of a big company. Maybe it's being an author. And then I want you to program into your subconscious that you can do that. That dream can be a reality for you. And I want you to feel how that feels knowing that you can get those things. And then I want you to dip into the micro. So that was the macro, just allowing your imagination to go there, feeling what it feels like to pretend to call your architect and get the final renderings of your mansion or receive that email that you got the promotion or you know, you're know you pregnant or whatever it might be and feel what that feels like. And then take it to the micro and look around you and say, what's one thing that I can indulge in right now? Is it a cup of coffee? Is it putting a face mask on? Is it journaling? Is it checking your bank account and getting your finances in order? You know, whatever it is for you. And just do that one thing. And make a promise to yourself that over the next week, you're going to do this one thing every day for seven days. I don't care if you feel terrible. I don't care if you feel no hope. I don't care if it doesn't even bring you joy in the moment. Commit to one thing. It could be having a matcha in the morning and do it every day for seven days. And then at the end of the seven days, you've done something. You've made a commitment and you've done something. So if you did that, you can do the next step, which is maybe to... You know, start thinking about that dream and what the first baby step is. And then you start building self confidence because you start keeping the promises you make to yourself. Feel what it feels like to live your dream life and then grow super, then go super micro and see the little small miracles that are already existing. Make a commitment ritual to yourself, hold it for seven days and just feel what that feels like to do that. And then take the next step.
0: I love that one thing we can all make room for one kindness one beautiful choice each day no matter how we're feeling I, mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic
1: yeah and and just understanding that this world truly is limitless and that it might take a while to get there but that you know that limitless future exists for you and so if you can hold on to that you can take small steps today
0: there's a a mantra or a quote I've been repeating now, uh, all through the um, COVID pandemic. And it is all of my life is filled with ease, joy and glory. Mm-hmm. All of my life is filled with ease, joy and glory. And I did not create that I got that from uh, Dane here, who is uh, part of access consciousness, in repeating that and having it on a sticky note, and catching if I if I start to feel low, because My emotions have been all over the place, like so many people have over this time, and just figuring things out. And uh, I'll be moving along, doing just fine. And then all of a sudden, boom, a wave of sadness or depression or fear or whatever. And then I just remember all my life is filled with ease, joy, and glory. And sometimes it cracks me up. You know, sometimes (laughs) I'm like, oh, well, that's bullshit. You know, that's not how it feels right now. (laughs) But then the more I remind myself of that, the, the more it becomes so obvious that that's true. And can be true for any of us, no matter what we're going through, because there's always something, there's always something to find that can put a smile on your face or that is beautiful or that can make you feel like you said, even you know whether it could be a cup of tea, whatever it is, let that be the thing.
1: Yeah, and I think that sometimes when the outer world is so chaotic, which even before COVID, it was chaotic, there's always something that we can fixate and be upset about or anxious sure. about, whether it's a relationship or a friend said something, you know, there's always something our brain's going to hold on to because the ego loves that shit. Mm. If you can figure out a way to make your inner world a safe space regardless of if you're feeling on shaky grounds or not and that you can provide a foundation for yourself and know that if you go inward you're safe even if you're feeling depressed you're still safe you can create an anchor in this world and also be able to to move through uncertainty understanding that that's kind of just the name of the game all the time
0: yeah it is yeah. What, what what kinds of holistic and spiritual healing are your favorites right now that you're part of your Regular practice,
1: yes. A lot of prayer, a lot of kind of surrendering. Mm. Um, so when I want something or I want to move through something, I surrender the outcome to God, the universe, spirit, energy, whatever you want to call it, and really have a deep understanding that what happens in my life is really for me and not to me, and that if I truly trust the universe plans for me, I know that everything that's happening on every single moment of my day is propelling me forward into something much stronger, something much greater. And that took a long time to fully surrender into. It was hard to give up control. (laughs) Yeah, But understanding that we're co-creating with God, I think, is a really beautiful sentiment. I also do a lot of meditation. I really highly recommend Sarah Blondin on Insight Timer. She's incredible and really illuminates the humanness of all of us and how and how we need to celebrate that, regardless of what it looks like at the, in the current moment. And then I do a lot of other things, like I light Palo Santo in the morning, and I have all my tinctures and my flower essences and and stuff like that. And I, I read a lot of spiritual texts, like Gabby Bernstein's a huge expander for me. You know, there's a lot of things that can get you in alignment with spirituality, but I think. The most important thing, you know, you don't have to walk around with the yoga mat and Palo Santos, you know, and sage going everywhere. You just have to know, in your heart, that someone or something is taking care of you and has your best interest in mind, and that this experience we're having here on Earth is a human experience with a spiritual soul, and that we live far beyond the parameters of this world, but. If we can get curious about our time here and recognize the beauty and the lessons that we're here to learn, all of a sudden life becomes this incredible quest that's so rich and abundant. And so it's just sort of almost A, a mindset shift to see miracles and and B, a deep understanding that the force that's working above all of
0: us is in in your favor. (laughs) I love that (laughs) so much. Yeah. Let's talk now about the, the other side, the, the world of medication uh-huh. and, and how to advocate for yourself uh, in the psychiatrist's office or in your doctor's office. We have so many listeners who have come forward and you know the, the thing that we read more than anything else is, hey, is anybody taking X? you know, is anyone taking Y? Is anyone taking Z? And, mm. and we try to come back and say, hey guys, you know, everybody's brain chemistry is different. Everybody is different. So even, you know, bringing this forward, you might think you're being helpful to, for someone else or or getting this information, but really it it needs to be all about you and a relationship with yourself and with your doctor. And I know that a lot of people have uh pretty scary stories around the meds. And then at the same time, there are these beautiful stories uh, from people like you who have figured it out, who have figured out the right mix, who have figured out what it is that they need and and have found their voice in the process.
1: Yeah. um, I started experimenting with medication, I think it was around 19 or 18 actually. And it Up until a year ago, I would have had a very negative response towards it. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of really bad experiences, um, including, you know, getting super manic or getting more suicidal or getting physically sick or gaining a bunch of weight right before my wedding. Thank you, doctor. Withdrawing, coming off. And so I realized, and this is something that I, I really strongly urge anyone, you know, I'm on a medication now that truly works for me and I'm so blessed that I have found it. That being said, the medication is not a cure. You need to work just as hard as the medication works in order for this to be a functioning, beautiful life for you. So if you think medication is going to completely fix it, you know, that's an, it's incorrect. It's going to boost you to do the work yourself, um, but you still have to show up every day. I would say that sometimes, unfortunately, psychiatrists do not have your best interests in mind and they do not warn you about the withdrawal symptoms and how long it'll take to come off. And if you're a woman, what happens if you accidentally get pregnant, for example, you know, are you in danger? What I do is I find myself to be very emotional in psychiatric appointments. So I like to write a list of things that I need to know before taking a medication. I need to know how long it takes to work. I need to know if I want to get off it, what does that process look like? What symptoms am I going to experience when I get off it? And how long will it take? I need to know the most common side effects. I need to know if I receive or if I experience this side effect, what's dangerous and what's, you know, prompting me to call 911 or you or stop immediately. Um, so there's so many questions that you have to ask and and you can't, because it is such an individualized practice, I don't just trust what my psychiatrist tells me to do. I do a lot of extra research and I really think about, you know, are the side effects something that I'm willing to live with? Is that a good payoff for me and really get in tune to what I want? And I think that if patients kind of stepped in and advocated a little bit more versus just having the psychiatrist choose something for you,
0: um,
1: the trial and error period would be much more streamlined and much less harmful for people.
0: Oh, that's I'm so glad that you shared that because that there's still a majority of the population of people who are suffering who are just moving forward with blind faith Mm -hmm. that whatever they're told to do or, you know, and, and that's it. And then all of a sudden things start to happen or, you know, if you're lucky, they don't, but so many times they do. Mm -hmm. So taking action and doing your research and, and being prepared with, with these questions are, what a beautiful act of self-love to allow yourself to be as prepared as you possibly can be before you have that conversation.
1: The bottom line is, is that you know yourself better. You know your body and you know what you're willing to put up with to get better. And no doctor can tell you that. No doctor can make you put something into your body every day. And so get super clear on what you're looking for out of a medication and and also understand the side effects of what can happen. And that way you you, you know, like nobody told me that on this one medication, it would take a month to withdraw. I was bawling hysterically for a month. I didn't know why. No one told me. Oh, and then my husband did all this research he's like oh you're withdrawing like this is and i'm like oh no wonder i feel like i'm going out of my mind you know so right. just understanding all that is super important before you move forward with a
0: medication plan well thank you for sharing that's going to be very very helpful to many i i just know it now to to wrap our conversation today that has gone by so incredibly <laughs> lightning fast let's talk about how entrepreneurship is ideal for those who are suffering with mental illness because certainly it's been uh, wonderful for you and it's a completely different world than uh, working out in the world. I've been an entrepreneur now for 14 years after a very long career in television advertising. And I can't imagine ever going back, Mm -hmm. but for anyone with who's suffering with mental illness I know what you're going to say, but I don't think our listeners do. We haven't talked about this. So, so please do share. Yeah.
1: So entrepreneurship is something that I believe those with mental illness, if entrepreneurship is in your blood, right? It doesn't have to be, but if it is, um, it's something that can go so hand in hand so beautifully. And the reasons are because one, it gives you a purpose and a passion that's your own. So in that sense, it helps strengthen the self-confidence muscle that you're building. It also helps strengthen the self-love muscle that you need to build to go through recovery because you're creating, quote unquote, a baby out in the world with your your business, with your book, with your project, whatever it might be. And when you call something your own, there's a sense of pride that comes with that. And so through those kind of almost emotional experiences with self-love and self-confidence and pride... Um, that actually gives you the confidence in your recovery. Um, It also gives you flexibility. So if today's not your day and you need a break, you can take such break and you you don't have to explain it. You don't have to knock a sick day off. You don't have to worry about your psychiatry appointments in the middle of the day. All of that is totally free reign and you have the space to take care of yourself in whatever way you need possible um it also holds you so accountable because when you work a 9 to 5 or a job under somebody else you know you can quit you can find another job you can move on and and then you know it's that that's that with yeah. entrepreneurship you get so you know you are your business and and not in an identity way or a self-worth way but in in a way that that it's your responsibility to show up every day your business breathes when you breathe life into it so With that responsibility and accountability comes such strength and such purpose. It brings a sense of extreme purpose into your life while allowing you to function and be successful, while allowing you space to do your recovery and healing things. You know, maybe you need to wake up later, maybe you need to work really early, whatever it might be. You know, people with mental health have very specific physical routines that they need to follow so it gives you the freedom it gives you the purpose and it gives you the self-confidence that is needed to i believe propel your recovery and your life forward.
0: Mm so very true. And the integrity that comes with all of it. You know as I as I have a conversation with you today as I listen to you today uh, it's astounding to me that you're only 29 years old <gasps> based on what you've been through in mm-hmm. your journey and and the, and how you've uh, taken responsibility for your life in such a way that uh, was not going to let you fall in that air quotes unfunctionable category. Mm-hmm. And um, kudos to your husband. Please pass along that mm-hmm. to him as well for having that ruthless compassion to in, to share that honesty with you. That hey, if you're hopeful, I'm in. If you're hopeless, mm-hmm. gotta go. Yeah, you know that's that's huge. Well, I'm really grateful to you that you came today to share a little bit of your story and what a beautiful story it is. Um, is there anything you'd like to leave us with today, Scout?
1: Um, you know, I, I just, but sometimes when I, when I go through the really rough times, I say to myself, what would I tell a friend? And I would always tell a friend to keep going. I would always tell a friend to keep fighting and to keep showing up. So sometimes we need to treat ourselves like we treat the people in our lives. And if these topics are resonating with you, I started actually another podcast just called Scout. And it's just me rambling solo about all of my mental health journey as well as the lessons that I've learned along the way. So hopefully oh, that will be a resource to some people um, if they vibe with my message.
0: Oh that's fantastic. That is so great. I was going to ask you about that. I was because it's such a powerful story and you can be a, of service to so many on your mm-hmm. while you're on your own journey.
1: Yeah. Well, thank exactly.
0: thanks again for being here with us today on Anxiety Slayer.
1: Thank you so much.
0: If you found this podcast helpful, please consider supporting us on Patreon as a friend of Anxiety Slayer. You'll get access to over 40 guided meditations and extra resources for calming anxiety. Visit patreon.com forward slash anxiety slayer.